Welcome back to Not Your Average, where we help you be your best from the inside out so you can grow personally and have a global impact. Today's episode is going to be on how to be successful. And we're going to be running through the principles, habits, mindsets, and things like that um, that I've observed in other people that I think make them successful practices that I've done to sort of help me grow in a particular area and things that I've just generally observed from either reading, from interviews, from seeing just the general approach to life of people who are quote-unquote successful in different fields and have different lifestyles so it's not just a one-size-fits-all and I think this will be useful for you to help you just determine uh, what fits for you, what you want to achieve Um, But more importantly, who you want to be going forward. I think we've had the privilege of having a year, although it may not feel like it, um, a year where we have been able to be introspective, to really see things as they are, to see ourselves as we are, to look at things with a microscope, but also to look at the macro and really realize what is important. And one of the key things of reaching success is also knowing how to navigate all of this and maximizing the time that we've had whether it's been uh, you know a great time for you or whether it's been you know a not so great time for you I believe that there's always something that we can sort of grab from a situation um, that is useful because I believe that if you're still here there's still a purpose to you and that there's so many things that we may not ordinarily see as opportunities um, but they lie you know in seed form and it's up to us to kind of cultivate them so whilst there's no sort of one route to being successful I certainly believe that there are principles laws and general ways of being that actually give you a better chance of fulfilling your potential and growing further and as I mentioned, this is not a one-size-fits-all and success is relative to you and what you define it to be. Um, But for me, I think it's also primarily about um, fulfilling your purpose and that looks different for everybody. That means using your gifts, your aptitudes, the things that you're passionate about to not only grow yourself uh, and to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and to grow beyond um, you know, the circumstances you may find yourself in, but also to um, impact others um, because our legacy is not going to be in necessarily the material things that we obtain. It's going to be in the people that we impact. It's going to be in the legacy that we leave. And so this is the approach to keep in mind when looking at these principles when we chat about these principles about being successful that it's just there's a bigger picture to it so my first point in terms of how to be successful is early socialization um, this is one of the things that I spotted with people do particularly with um, their children or um just basically people you know in a close family unit they start socializing their kids as young as possible because that enables those kids to develop social skills um and particularly if they grow up in in a household where there's not another sibling um they also put into lots of activities and as someone who did a lot of sport 
um, at school. I loved it and I think, and I still love it. Um, I still think it teaches you so many skills to be able to develop that from a young age, um, to understand the nuances and the soft skills required. And children are very perceptive. They're very malleable. They are like sponges. Um, but I also think that that sits, stands them in good stead to be able to uh, negotiate social situations going forward. Now, this isn't to you know, gain those skills for like nefarious reasons or negative reasons. It's literally just to know how to really maximize one of the most, I think, valuable, if not the most valuable soft skill, which is how to relate to others, but while still knowing who you are. Um, and so I think that's essential um, to uh, being able to put yourself um, in situations that require you to be socialized. Now, we are currently in a situation where you can't physically see people face to face, you know, socializing with social distancing, a new phrase that, you know, two years ago, a year ago, we didn't even know existed. But I believe it's even possible to still do that over tech and that just requires a different set of skills so even if you weren't somebody who was put into like loads of activities where you were really forced to socialize when you were younger it's never too late you've got to start now and find out ways that you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone find out ways that you can talk to people who are interested in the same things have the same mindset that you want to cultivate um really look to learn from others but also develop those skills to deal with people because you're going to come across people who are going to have all sorts of different perspectives in life all sorts of different attitudes all sorts of different ways of relating to others some are more healthy than others so it also teaches you how to deal with difficult people or toxic people or individuals who don't um respect themselves as well as other people and that will be because you already know who you are. You already have been in situations where you're confident enough to understand this is what I stand for. This is these are my boundaries. And this conversation or this interaction doesn't meet them. So you're able to really, as I said, navigate social situations. So if you are someone who is, um, you know, a young professional and you're just looking to um, up your skills I would say socialize yourself and this doesn't mean uh, also socializing with everybody at, to the same degree one of the big aspects of early socialization is that they learn how to socialize with different people um, because they understand the different roles those play so you understand the role that your teachers play you understand the role of your parents uh, your friends um, acquaintances um you know, people who are friends of your parents or things like that. So it's 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 literally about understanding uh, how to socialize with different people, the expectations you can have of those different people, where they are appropriate, um, and then what um, you know skills you need to develop in different areas, and how to deal with people, as I said, who may be less than pleasant to deal with. It's important to have those skills because you will need them, and they can often be one of the markers of whether you are successful in a particular area or not. I'll give you an example. When I used to apply to law firms and go in for these um, assessment days, assessment centers, training contracts, things like that, um, applications, uh, open days, open weeks, you know, summer associate programs, 
there was an element of the assessment where you were assessed how you behaved at dinner, how you behaved. Uh, it wasn't obvious. No one was sitting in the corner taking notes at the dinner. But you were assessed on how you interacted in the team, um, how you presented your uh, you know, project, how you chose to do that, how you did when you were at an outing, uh, when they were doing all the fancy things just to get you drawn in and sucked in um, to how amazing that lifestyle was. But you were assessed, not just how you did practically, but how you did socially and how you performed and how you navigate situations that are either outside of your comfort zone or situations that you're quite surprised at. And I remember in one interview, I was asked, if you could be one animal, what would you be? That is the number one interview question I had not prepared for. Um, but I think it's important to, to understand they weren't asking, they don't care about what animal you know that I was gonna be. They wanted to see my ability to respond quickly under pressure, um, to think um, cohesively, but more importantly, my reasoning behind that. And all of this comes with practice. So socialize. So whether you are, even if you're a parent, you know, once it's safe to do so, once it's, you know, uh, completely safe to do so for yourself, your child and everybody else involved, I would encourage you to get them in situations where they're um, safely and enjoyably really learning to grow their social skills. But you as well, this is a lifelong skill because every life have, has different seasons in it and you're going to need to know how to communicate in every different season. This leads me on to my second success principle, which is learning the laws of money. Money is a tool and it's often not portrayed that way because um, there are things that we just don't learn in school. We, we learn arithmetic, we learn um, maths, obviously. Uh, we learn all sorts of basic, you know, uh, counting, etc. But we actually don't learn how to do the important things, which is investing your money, saving your money, um, you know, uh, learning how to leverage it and things like that. So learning the laws of money is just something that we often do by practice you know you come out maybe at uni if you're in america and you're listening to this there's loads of student debt at the moment and how do you pay that off how do you navigate that how do you ensure that you are having a good retirement plan even if you're 19 something to think about even if you're 25 35 40 45 60 everyone has to use money that's a fact of life the problem is that it often takes such an uh, eclipsing role in our life and there are certain laws um, of money particularly in the modern world which is changes so quickly and where technology has had such a vast effect and so one of the books that i would recommend i haven't actually finished it but to me it's very thorough and very comprehensive and there are many books on this but tony robbins wrote a book called money master the game and if you see money as a tool and remove the um, ability to just be ruled by it and allow you to be the one who determines what you do with it, you determine yourself how, what decisions you make beforehand, you don't allow it to make decisions for you. And if you find yourself in a situation where you want to increase um, 
your income for example learning how instead of going i can't afford this changing your language to understand that there are other things that you can do and there are other opportunities instead of focusing on what you can't do rather focusing on what you can do and seeing money as a tool for you to get there so for example if one of your goals is to become an entrepreneur why are you doing it what is the reason for the money it can't just be for the nice things because there's only so many nice things you can buy but if it's to get yourself freedom in time, freedom in location, um, I don't advise that you do that now because we're still through a pandemic, but it's important to be able to uh, learn the laws of money and see it as a tool and not something that will drive you because it does have a big effect on our lifestyle, on our perspective, on our way of, you know, what we engage with, what we don't engage with, but don't limit yourself and have an abundance mindset and have an ability to see it as something that doesn't define you as individual, but it's something that you manage. And that leads me on to my next point, which is being a person of a value rather than titles. This is a big thing in, um, in terms of what I've observed with people who have been successful, whether it's in a niche field or a larger field. Um, I'll give you the example of um, Apple. Uh, Now, Steve Jobs, as we all know, famously got fired from the company, you know, went and started another company up, Pixar, which was then bought by Disney and then was brought back by Apple who said, "Mm, by the way, uh, we kind of like what you did there. You're clearly innovative and we need you to come back. So that is generally, I think we can all accept quite rare, but the key here is to see that his skills and his passion, I'm not talking about him as a person and as an individual and how he interacted with people because uh, that's not something, uh, if you have read about that, that's not a way of being that I support. But in terms of looking at it purely for the value add, he had a, a skill set that added value and the titles followed that. It wasn't that he was climbing some ladder thinking, if I only get that title. So seek to be a person of value and believe me, the titles and whatever you know things you want to achieve will, will come. And the reason why is because most people don't really look to um, develop their strengths and focus on their strengths, you know, in, and doubling down on that and eliminating distractions, becoming super disciplined about focusing on what you are good at. It's very easy for our brain, as I've said before in previous episodes, to focus on the negative and to look at things that aren't going right or you, areas of improvement. We all have that and there are things that you can work on. However, your best bet of being successful is to, is to focus on your strengths Um, really invest in them whether that's being reading a book taking a course um, talking to a mentor uh, and that mentor doesn't have to be someone that you know personally it can be someone who you watch on youtube or you know someone who uh, as i said you're listening to a podcast whatever it may be there are there's many ways that you can have mentors so please don't limit yourself Um, but also um, understanding that you can be able to increase your value by developing that by really honing down on those things that you're good at and bringing those to the fore because you understand that they meet a need and they and therefore they add value and therefore they have impact 
So that's where you need to sort of really strip away all the politics that can go on, all the things that can happen in the workplace and ask yourself, if you're really good at your job, if you're really good at your business, if you're really good at a, as a consultant, a freelancer, if you're good at your research, say for example, you're an academic, if you're really good at that, that speaks for itself. Nobody can argue with someone who not only is, is you know, skilled and talented, but more importantly, someone who continuously invests in growing that talent, in growing that skill. So become a person of value. And that also is why I said in my first point was socialization. That's a skill that is valuable everywhere, personally and professionally. So it's not something that we all have a magic book and that we all necessarily are taught or learn through our school or home life. But it's important that in now in a day and age where there's a plethora of free information and obviously each all that information should be caveated and you should use discernment and wisdom to decide what is sensible or not. Um, we have the, an amazing opportunity to learn things that we weren't able to, that our parents, our you know, parents' parents, our great-grandparents, everyone before us couldn't be able to have access to this. And we have that. So take advantage of that by really cultivating an understanding that you're a person of value. And when I say value, I don't mean you intrinsically as a person. I'm talking about the fact that you, other people don't get to decide that. You get to develop that. And therefore, you're taking that responsibility and accountability and it builds your confidence. My next point in terms of success principles is have advantageous habits or develop advantageous habits. Um, I'm going to focus on working out and eating well because this is the one that really has such a massive impact on all areas of your life, not just areas where you may be looking to generate um, you know, some material gain. I'm talking about just everything, the quality of your sleep, the quality of your uh, relationships, the quality of your uh, attention span and energy to do things at work. So when you develop advantageous habits, these put you one step ahead of even yourself. It's a great way to develop discipline um, and it's a great way to develop that ability to commit to yourself because at the end of the day, nobody can work out for you. Nobody can eat well for you. Nobody can source things for you. And as I said, we live in an age where you can get loads of nutritional information. And I just want to caveat that that eating well works differently for different people because everybody has a different metabolism. Everybody has a different way of storing fats. Everyone has a different percentage of the three types of most common fat. Um, everybody has a different way of digesting and extracting uh, minerals and nutrients from the food and how. And also everyone has a different way of depositing and storing fat. Uh, and everyone, you know, responds differently to different types of exercises. So really work out what works for you, your body type, your metabolism, basically your physiological makeup. But I use working out as an example is because it puts you one step ahead. It's no secret that most CEOs have uh, an exercise regimen, whether it's yoga, whether it's running, whether it's um, HIIT training, whether it's weightlifting, most successful people, the most obvious one that comes to mind right now is The Rock. Yes, he works out, but technically he's an actor. He doesn't necessarily need to show us that he's working out or work out to the degree that he has. 
but it's more about the discipline and the mental wellness benefit of it and the ability to just do something that is investing in you and that has long-term benefits that does require patience that does require you to wait to see the results but more importantly once you've seen the results it requires you to have the discipline to maintain that and to really up your game in whatever area you want to grow in and next and not just think oh I've got my where I am and I'm just going to stop habits are just that they're things that we do daily and the things that really set us up and have compounding interest for how the rest of our lives will turn out so whether it's working out eating well sleeping meditation that's a massive one um, apparently I can't remember according to a study that I was reading the other day that around 60 to 70 percent of high performance uh, millionaires and billionaires have a meditation practice so uh, this is not to say that that should be your aim in terms of uh, monetary positioning but it's just in terms of things that help you to really center your mind to get focused to be calm and collected and not because you're trying to fake it but because that's how you actually are because you've built up a habit that allows you to be face life and to face life with a sense of energy with a sense of clarity and with a sense of health um, of mind so whatever habit that may be whether it's going out for a walk daily uh, social distancing of course whether it's um finding out new recipes that can really help you uh, change and up your metabolism, whether it's meditation, uh, whether it's, you know, having essential oils, whatever it may be, find something that works for you and double down on that and be consistent because consistency will always win. And even if you don't feel like it, always keep in mind, I'd rather be continue to and push through the pain of not feeling like I want to do this then have to start again the same time next year for example and be in the same position and think about where you can be in a year's time think about where you can be in six months time if you just keep up with that habit and don't compare yourself to anybody else as I said success is not a one-size-fits-all this is something that will work for you in your lifestyle but health undoubtedly is one of your greatest assets if not the greatest assets and this year has if not anything taught us that my next point in terms of how to be successful is that every no leads to a better yes uh, rejection failure and just generally things not going your way is just a part of life and most of the time it's not personal most of the time it's a numbers game most of the time it's just the, the way things are yes there will be times when things are extremely unfair or things that are um you know abhorrent and things that need to be addressed and i certainly don't deny that but I want to keep this perspective, which is that you have two choices. You could be stuck in that no. You could say, well, this is a no, I've got it. I really, really wanted this. But at the same time, you now have an opportunity to either pursue something else that is uh, probably better fitted to your strengths. Uh, as I said, go back and develop your strengths. But 
you also have an opportunity to really explore what you do want because sometimes you can be so close to what you want that you don't see the bigger picture and you don't also see that that opportunity may may not have been the best one for you so sometimes you're overqualified sometimes you are just too much for that situation and that's not in a negative way sometimes it's just because mediocrity as i always say is very well celebrated in the world that we live in despite the advances that we've made we have this general tall poppy syndrome particularly um in the west and so i think it's important to understand that some not every no is has no bearing on your value as i said and if you go back and listen about how i talked about um, becoming a person of value once you develop your value and your skills you will understand that the no was just a no you are inherent in your value and your skills and what you offer so that no is actually bringing you to an opportunity that is a better fit for you and one that will maximize your time and your talents so not every no is you know is a bad thing in fact i practice gratitude and practice the ability to say whilst i may be disappointed i'm not defined by this so that leads me on to my next point which is guard your mindset like just guard it this is probably the most important thing because all of these things have something in common it requires you to think differently what i've learned is that um apparently 80% of billionaires read 50 books a year and the like hard copy books not just sort of audio books and that's not necessarily because um they have more time than you and me in the day i believe that's because they have learned that there is so much that one can learn there's so much that we all don't know but more importantly there is things that we can do to feed our minds and what you give attention to is what will grow so what you're reading what you're giving time to if you're reading something positive something that will challenge you something that will grow you something that will push you that is generally what's going to be on your mind because that's what you're feeding your mind so guarding your mindset is really key and learning how to invest in that will be one of the best things that you can do because as i said every new level of life will present itself different challenges it may present itself an unexpected change it may present itself an ability for you to go outside of your comfort zone it may present itself an ability for you to be still and maybe not make an immediate decision so it's important to have the tools um and there are so many tools out there that can help you and one of the most valuable tools that you have is your mind we have i uh, underestimated i think our mind's ability to work for us um but one of the things that we can do is gain an awareness that our minds and our thoughts and our emotions don't get to drive us we drive it and so it's more um an issue of unlearning the things that you may have learned before and really relearning who you are relearning Uh, what your triggers are relearning what motivates you what doesn't what you're passionate about what you're not you know the type of people that you want to be around in terms of their character and their values uh, or not and things like that so it's more about understanding that your mind you use it it doesn't get to use you and once you invest in that and discipline that and form the habit 
of really allowing and seeing how amazing your mind is at really pushing through things that you didn't even think you could, uh, then you will realize um, just how ultimately limited you were before, but how limitless that you are now. So I hope those um, principles, there are so many. Um, I don't think there's one way to be successful as we have seen with many different people. There's different routes that people can take. Um, but those are just some, and I might do a part two because I think there's just so much more to dive into here. But I hope those help to really either gain some food for thought, look at where you can change your perspective, look at the things that you can double down on, look at where you um, can really focus on in this time uh, and also uncover maybe the things that you underestimated yourself about and realize that there's so much more opportunity than you may have thought right in front of you with the things that you have and not to fall for the okie doke of fear mongering that's going on but to really focus on the things that will give you a return on investment for your time so as ever remember you are not average thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it's available on all audio platforms where podcasts are heard and share with those in your world so we can continue to empower one another to be our best from the inside out thank you so much for listening and i'll see you on the next episode Bye.